This episode of Down to Business is brought to you by TF Moran, a leading land planning and engineering firm with offices in both Bedford and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Feingold, editor of New Hampshire Business Review, bringing you this week's Down to Business podcast for December 9th, 2020. Just a few weeks to go before we're through this really pretty terrible year. Uh, anyway, today we're going to talk about some couple of things related to chambers of commerce in New Hampshire, which by themselves have had some issues, obviously, from the pandemic. They've had issues with membership, with raising money through their events. So one of the things they've done is work a little bit to work together a little bit more. And Bob Sanders from our staff did an interesting article that's on the website right now on NHBR.com about how chambers around New Hampshire are collaborating in uh, dealing with the p- pandemic. So first of all, hi, Bob. Welcome to the uh, podcast. Great to uh, be here. And if you could just give a little bit of idea, they, they spoke before the, some representatives from chambers spoke before the governor's economic reopening task force. Is that how you, they, they just, is that where they discussed all their collaborative efforts? Yes, this was something that I think the, the, uh, the B or the Department of Business and Economic uh, Affairs, which I suppose is a better acronym than than dread, um, <laughs> has has um, I tried to put together um, uh, just to try to see if there are things that uh, uh, chambers can do working together. And of course, there's been some of that already, but I think they're trying to formalize this more. Um, and um, and so there were seven regions. Um, the the biggie is a Merrimack Valley, which includes mm-hmm. everything from Nashua to Manchester to Concord and Salem. So that's a heavyweight. And you have the seacoast, um, and you have the uh, Monadnock region or the Southwest is what they called it in the, the Lakes region. And then you have this uh, Dartmouth. Lake Sunapee, which goes down to Claremont, and you have the Mount Washington Valley area, which is, uh, uh, you know, sort of the eastern North Country, and then you got, um, then you got kind of the western North Country, but really north, going all the way up to Pittsburgh, and uh, uh, that area, and so mm-hmm. they all gave a kind of a report on how they've been working together. And it was, it was uh, pretty interesting. Um, oh, the, the one thing is that uh, the chambers themselves uh, are affected by this whole thing. Um, their dues are down um, because businesses are, are struggling. Um, and, um, and, the, uh, and they can't hold events or they, they, all their events are virtual and is anybody who has hold virtual events probably knows it's it's good to keep in touch, uh, but uh, and in a sense more people are actually participating. But the financial, uh, um, you know, that you just don't make as money much money virtually as you do in in when people come and they they uh, they pay and they uh, and they they eat and you know the whole the whole shebang all that's gone um and they don't stay for as long um 
So it's, 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 you know, it's a struggle for them. And they all got some money, you know, part of the governor's uh, gopher thing. Um, and so some of the, they were able to perform some services, at least to make them more relevant to their members. Um, uh, so that helped them and it also helped out the members who are struggling with the whole COVID crisis. What, so what, what were some of those, uh... Those, those services that they're provided in, during COVID. What was some well, of the examples? The, the biggest is the, the, the personal protection equipment, or PPE. Um, and uh, they distributed either low cost or some of them gave them away free. Um, and, um, you know, there were drive-throughs, there were drop-offs, um, you, know, uh, you know, hundreds, I mean, between them all, the hundreds of thousands dollars of uh of ppe um were distributed to um to you know like for instance extra masks for people that come in when people come in without a mask you you offer it for them and say here you got one for free you know so it's not like oh i don't have it or i left it in my car or it's uh you know or or it got torn or <laughs> whatever yeah people use because they don't really want to wear these things um and um so there's that there's um um you know and gloves and, and you know plus all the sanitizer you know they they got tubs of this sanitizer so they can um put them up everywhere um so that's one biggie um mm -hmm. the other biggie would be the um the um uh, the, basically, they, they have this safe pledge, uh, which um, companies take that basically say, we're, we're doing everything right. So it makes it as a, a voluntary thing, but also as an advertisement, you know, because people are reluctant to go to the stores. And when they see this sign, which the chambers provide, um, saying, you know, we're, we, we have a safe pledge, they, that makes them feel a little safer. It, it's also advertising goes on the website. It's, you know, it's out on the window. Uh, it also just lets people know they're open, you know, so <laughs> so it's a lot a, of places. It's a, it's, a program, it's a program that allows businesses to promote that they are following guidelines and, you know, it's, we're doing the most we possibly can to make it safe for our customers. Is that, is that really what they're saying? Right, right. The, the social distancing, the masks, uh, yeah. you know, that uh, so some some people might resent wearing masks, but other people won't go into some place that doesn't enforce a mask. They yeah. don't want someone walking into the store um, without a mask on. Yeah, uh, I know that I, I was in the post office the other day and, you know, I was trying to do my business off hours and uh, someone comes in without a mask. I leave. You know, I just say, I'm yeah. not going to stay there. I wait outside till that person leaves. Um, so, you know, that's a lot of people just won't go to places unless they know there's a mask. So yeah. you know, people might think it's bad for business to enforce a mask mandate, but there's uh, the silent majority, <laughs> you might say. Well, yeah. uh, don't, you know, they may not make a fuss. They just may not go to some place if they don't feel like there's a, a mask, uh, the masking is uh, not enforced. Yeah. Now, the, and something else that came out of the story was something that we have followed this before, but it's become a little bit more uh, in the news lately, is 
what is this the pandemic's kind of forced some of these uh, chambers to actually merge operations to i guess to cut costs and to streamline things and so you i guess one of the speakers was uh from uh, Phil Souter from the Greenwich King Chamber, which is also uh, which just recently merged with uh, the Peterborough Chamber. So you know that's something that's really interesting. Is that you know it, they've done things like like that's what a lot of nonprofits have done also is to kind of merge operations that have similar uh, missions. Is that what right? What, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Souter said that he said that there was other he didn't name them, but he said that there are other chambers that are now. Uh, they're in talks of becoming um, one big, uh, larger chamber. And, um, you know, the Manchester Chamber, they're not going to merge with Nashville and Concord, but but uh, but they they do say that they have this more of a, a formal relationship. And yeah. he says it's almost like a branding, the, the Merrimack uh, Chamber that he says that will have a, a the quote is, uh, it's a brand that will have a shelf life well well yeah. off after the pandemic passes. So so this cooperation, I think a lot of people see this as as a, a rule for the future. Yeah. Um, so um, and and it's also businesses themselves have to change and pivot, and as they all know, and the chambers can sometimes help with that. They can uh, provide uh, you know some of them have consultants that they they work with that can help people you know digitize and uh, you know and training and you know one of the big issues still with businesses is this mask thing and and how to deal with these people who don't want to wear masks and mm. you know there's you know uh, there's training for that just like there is training for dealing with any other uh, unruly customer uh but this is a new one and it's becoming an increased problem and so that the uh, so there's that going on, and then there's just a recruiting and and advertising, uh, uh, and you know recruiting tourists, uh, customers, but also recruiting uh, um, employees, which is really hard. Uh, one uh, up in the North Country, um, they're they're talking, especially Mount Washington Valley. Uh, you know they have these J1 uh, visa students, you know basically students that uh, have the right to work and and work a lot and they depend on on uh, these students during the summer um, well they're not there's a lot not much traveling uh, first of all you have the administration that's not too hot on on people coming into the country period um, mm. and then you have also the the, the people don't want to go travel to especially the United States these days with our level so high so um, and they may not even be allowed to so um uh, not just because of immigration but because their their own countries say don't don't go to you you know you can't go there it's too too dangerous so um so they're they're now reaching out to domestic uh, uh students people who are you know basically going to college from home and they say well you can you can come here uh you can do your studies here uh and work in our places and they even provide some of the housing that was originally built for these foreign students are are now being you know filled up with domestic students yeah because that's been um, a, that's been, that's been a big issue for 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 businesses in the in the tourist areas finding workers because they were always so easily you know recruited from other countries and it's it's been a problem you know all over the state really wherever there's a tourist economy 
it's really interesting. Yeah, and it's not just the um, one of the things is they also have targeting, you know, more more you know um, you know using Google Analytics and other technologies and other people have different programs to recruit workers and and also to reach out to tourists um, based on on you know more of a likelihood of a receptive. So rather than um, you know kind of depend on the um, on television ads that you know the tourism apartment tourism does they it's more um you know it, it's more more targeted and the chambers are helping with that in some of the cases so uh, apparently the this is uh the chambers feeling good about being able to do this and it's helping you know as one person said that the, the the, the attitude was, what what have you done for us lately? You know, there's there's no events to go to, you know. Yeah. Um, so now they, they they say, well, we're giving you PPE, we're giving you, you know, some training, we're helping you uh, attract customers or, or workers that you need, um, and uh, it's helping them stay relevant. Cool. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, that's, that's, you know, some interesting things that, yeah, you know, we, we keep writing about pivoting, you know, this is one way chambers have pivoted to this. And, trying to survive. So, all right, thanks very much, Bob, and uh, we'll be right back after this. For more than 52 years, TF Moran has been a leading land planning and engineering firm with offices in both Bedford and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Their professional service areas include civil, structural, and traffic engineering, land surveying, landscape architecture, environmental, shoreland, and wetland permitting, stormwater monitoring, as well as other construction support services. TF Moran utilizes the latest technology, putting their expertise to work to deliver high-quality, cost-effective, and low-impact solutions to best serve their clients. TF Moran is involved in some of New Hampshire's largest development projects, such as the SNHU Milliard Parking Garage in downtown Manchester, Woodmont Commons in Londonderry, and Whole Foods and the Market and Main development in Bedford. TF Moran is deeply committed to the communities in which its team members live and work. It's honored to have received the New Hampshire 200 Award and the Business Excellence Award from New Hampshire Business Review. They were voted the best of business in the engineering category for the last eight years in a row. Please visit tfmoran.com to view their project portfolio and learn more. Okay, let's continue talking about chambers, but this one's a little more specific. It's about the Manchester Chamber. They held a, uh, a virtual uh, forum on diversity and inclusion, which is a, a major uh, issue and concern for many businesses in the state. And our publisher and producer of our podcast, Ernesto Burden, took, attended it. Well, how, if, is that the right way to call it, attended when it's virtual? I don't know. Sure, but, yeah. But, uh, he was there. Yeah, he, he, he was there somehow. I can, we can't, don't have the words yet for that exploit, but anyway, Ernesto, could you tell us a little bit about what, what you learned from this uh, forum? Um, I mean, it was, so it was a first great forum, um, you know, and they covered, they covered a broad range of topics, but, but they sort of rolled it up underneath um, the, uh, the, the umbrella of diversity uh, or DEI 101. So diversity, equity, and inclusion 101. And, and that was, um, you know, so the, the, the moderator and, and, and opening speaker was James McKim, 
who is the managing partner of organizational ignition and the president of the Manchester NAACP. And, uh, you know, he kind of gave an overview of diversity issues in the state and actually, and, and, and really brought the group back and the group was a you know it was a group of Manchester Chamber members so so business people from from you know around the city uh, but but he, he went back to some core questions that I don't think people think about very much and and one of them that, that was really interesting and I think that, that based on the amount of feedback from the group in the chat uh, really struck a chord was his question as to um, what is race itself you know and that's something that that i think that that um people take for granted is a is a you know is a definition that exists now that there's race and that, that there are races and these other things but but he sort of took people through a little bit of history and, and showed a video um talking about how the definition of race has changed over time um and and you know to the degree and and even changed by place so so to the degree that that there was a point in America's history where you would be a different race depending on which state you were in yeah so so i'm i'm kind of interested in this so this was this was was this an interactive uh, forum where people were asking questions from the uh, audience or was it more of like just giving you some information for you to take home no, it was interactive, and I, I thought it was, I, so let's switch gears, and we're, we're, you know, now we're not talking about diversity issues, but we're talking about holding virtual events, right? And that, that's something <laughs> that's near and dear to our hearts, too, as a topic. But, but as a virtual event, the platform that they chose to, to run it on was Zoom, and, and they sent out some instruction ahead of time um, you know, to basically say, uh, look, we're going to run this on Zoom, and, we, and, and, and I think that they chose to do that because it would allow people who might have questions or want to weigh in to turn their video on and turn their mics on and ask the questions. Mm -hmm. But they also instructed the audience to turn their mics off and turn their video off, which is interesting. So, and, and to put it on speaker mode. So essentially you're, you're really looking at the person who's speaking. You're not distracted by looking at all the other faces reacting. Oh, cool. and you're, maybe you're not distracted by, by looking at yourself reacting either, you know, so, so, um, they used it, uh, they used Zoom, you know, and sort of, they gave a little prep uh, on, on how to use that well. And then uh, they would ask questions of the audience and the audience responded within the chat and, and, and it, at some points had the opportunity to respond with a, a question by turning their camera on and, and actually speaking to well, the rest. I, I, was kind of, I was kind of interested in, in, in the response of the audience members. You mean, how, how engaged were they and how, you know, what kind of questions were they asking? I mean, very uh, engaged in terms of a lot of feedback. It wasn't all questions. It was feedback, you know, and, and okay. I think the moderator, um, James McKim, you know, sort of posed it that way. He said, you know, what does this make you think of, you know, in, in terms of, you know, after after he gave, um, you know, after he'd give various examples of things, he, he would ask what 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 it, you know, what it made the audience think of. And so there was a lot of uh, sort of stream of consciousness, this is this is what this brings to mind for me kind of response. Um, so it was pretty engaging. And, um, you know, and he was tackling some interesting questions, you know, uh, not not just race, but another one that, that he uh, talked about was, you know, the concept of the difference between equity and equality and, mm. and, and how those two things then then maybe tie into justice. And um, and I think th those are words again, two words that are easy to conflate, but but that really have very different meanings. 
it's really, I find I find that really you know it's it's really important that, that we're having this kind of discussions in New Hampshire because it's until very recently obviously with the, uh, the killing of Joy, George Floyd and several other high profile uh, incidents of you know violence and, and death uh, that I think people are, are more aware of this and business people in particular I think have become aware of of the need to understand uh, how important diversity, equity, and inclusion is for their own workforces. Was, was that a message that got across? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the speakers, um, let's see, uh, Victoria Adwumi, who is, um, she is, sorry, I have her title right here, uh, or, or her, her occupation. She's, um, She's a health equity leader, a communicator, an organizer. Um, she works as the community liaison for the city of Manchester Health Department. Um, and so she she was uh, she made a really compelling case for the fact that um, you know within public health, if you create um, more uh, health equity and, and a better health outcome for populations you are going to improve the business climate and, and, and sort of drew a, a, a sort of stark line between COVID as an example, you know, where, where you're able to do better communications to all communities, you're able to improve COVID outcomes across uh, all of the different communities. Um, and, and by doing that, you're, you're decreasing uh, the infection rate and you're then allowing um, public health officials to decrease restrictions and you're allowing businesses to get back to business more quickly. And, and I think that, that there was a, an underlying message there that you could really extrapolate that out to, um, to all public health issues and to all uh, equity issues, you know, in terms of, um, you know, doing these things is not just uh, the right thing to do, it's also a, a, a smart thing to do for businesses. Yeah, that's that. You know, that's something we've learned. We've heard many times this in the last uh, several months. You know, we did a we did a pretty big piece on on that, and and we've been following this for years on the need for to understand the the benefits. You know, and I, I hate to put it that way, but you know, why is this important for your business to as a as a business owner as an executive to understand how important it is for to have a diverse workforce or to understand the needs of people. Uh, not just your employees, but your vendors, your your customers, and that's that's really kind of interesting. I mean, it's, I, it sounds like it was a really interesting uh, forum. Did, did they talk about? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, go ahead. Ask the question. Uh, no, I was just, just going to say, did, did they talk about doing this in, in the continuing this conversation, or? I believe that they are going to be continuing this conversation. Yeah, and um, I, I I didn't have a chance to uh, to talk to anybody from the chamber. Uh, the, the forum just ended right before you and I uh, jumped on the line to record the podcast. So I, I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody yet, but I, I, I did think that I understood that it was going to be uh, an ongoing um, initiative. That's cool. Well, that's great. I, you know, I hope that maybe we could, I, I'd like to attend that myself next time or whatever that verb is. And uh, maybe we could talk I, you know, about Jeff, it again. Think, I, to, to go back to that, um, yeah. I, I think that attend is a fair verb and, and and if you think about it um even if you're at some place physically um the the nature of physical reality as it uh, <laughs> you know is is malleable 
And, and so <laughs> depending how we think about that, um, attend is, you know, it, it might all be virtual. <laughs> I'll tell you about this book I read uh, in some other conversation. Well, actually, if you think about it, you know, just because you think you're at an event doesn't mean necessarily that you really are at the event physically. So that's another exactly. whole discussion philosophy. Okay. Of course, and if you've ever if you've ever been to an event where you've watched half the audience uh, sit there answering their emails on their laptops, you know that <laughs> not everybody is at the event mentally either. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right, and so thank you very much for that. And Bob Sanders also for for appearing on the podcast today. Uh, this is uh, Jeff Feingold saying signing off and saying be well, everybody. <laughs>